Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the CyberPro Podcast. I'm excited. Another veteran on the call today. John, question number one. What do you do and who are you? Yeah, so thanks for having me, Rick. A few things. Uh, John McClure. I currently work for Laureate Education. Laureate Education, multi-billion dollar company delivering um, education, higher education, primarily to the Americas. So U.S., Peru, Mexico, Brazil, et cetera. Um, and publicly traded company have enjoyed, enjoyed supporting that for some time. Prior to that, um, and I'm the CISO at Laureate. Prior to that, I supported the government as a contractor for about 20 years, primarily inside the intelligence community, supporting their cyber mission as well. Um, and, and right before that, as, as Rick kind of pointed out, served in the military for, for a bit before making this transition over to the commercial sector about five or six years ago. So I'm gonna ask my first side question. Sure. What made you want to go from a long career in the public space over to the commercial sector? Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I, I had really enjoyed that, that time and with, with the government. And it was, it was a really neat mission, kind of carried over from my military experience in terms of kind of being something bigger. Um, and, and I really enjoyed that. Right? A, lot of, a lot of very interesting challenges, large challenges, advanced challenges, um, a lot of great funding. So all that was exciting. Um, over the years, though, right, I, I changed a couple of customers I was supporting, um, primarily in the Northern Virginia area in D.C. And, and one of my last um, places I was at, I was actually supporting Office of Government-Wide Policy. We're actually helping set cybersecurity policy. At that same time, somebody had approached me who I'd known for a long time and said, hey, there's, there's this customer. I know you do some consulting. There's this customer up in Baltimore. Um, they're just starting a cybersecurity program, um, and I'd love for you to go talk to them. So took some time out of, out of um, my, my day and went up there a few times. And that was really exciting. It was a huge company. Um, you know, at the time, about 75,000 employees uh, supporting about a million students. Um, so it was a big company and they were just starting. They were just about to go public and they really needed to mature that program. And I really like building things. So it really gave me that opportunity to go in there and build and mature that program up at Laureate. So it, it was, it was, I think that challenge is what really made me shift over to the other sector. Nice, question number two officially is, what is the best thing about being a cybersecurity professional? What is the best thing? Um, to me, I think is the challenge and, and a couple, couple parts of that challenge. One is it's a fast moving area for sure, right? You, you know, as soon as a book is printed, it's out of date when it comes to cybersecurity. Um, the, so the challenge of remaining um, relevant and informed and keeping pace with an adversary is really fascinating to me. Um, that kind of continual requirement to learn and develop. The uh, very few, except for perhaps some, some people like you and I have some different backgrounds, very rarely do you have an active adversary, right? I mean, and you're in the finance department, right? I'm sure it's a challenging job. It's a very necessary and important job for an organization, but you probably don't have the anti-finance group on another end of the world on their keyboard um, attacking you, the finance function as a finance function. Um, so really having that active adversary, really having to outthink them, um, having to be a bit predictive um, in terms of what's coming new, um, so, so I think it's that challenge for me that, that continues to keep me excited and, and gets me up every day. 
I agree. Challenge the challenges of cybersecurity, whatever that buzzword means, is phenomenal for me. Let's pivot to that being cybersecurity is top of mind. It's the top concern. You know, that's what I'm hearing yeah. across the, um, multiple folks. What does it mean to you? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I'm surely seeing um, cybersecurity getting a seat at bigger tables, right? I think that in the past, you know, they didn't pre present to a board of directors or an audit committee or the CEO. And I think that's changing. I think for a few reasons. One is obviously um, there's some regulation around that and there is um, some guidance put out like by SEC and some other groups around some recommendations of making it more relevant. But I think period, businesses recognize um, that securely delivering IT is a requirement. There's, there's very few businesses now that IT isn't a major part of its business and the ability to, to do that quickly and do that securely um, is, is top priority. I think the horror stories out there as well, right? Um, of recent ransomware attacks and, and things that have put people literally out of business overnight um, also is elevating just the, uh, the presence and the importance of it. I think too, security people are getting better about talking about security. You know, in the past, you know, you just like to geek out with somebody, right? Hey, let, let's talk, name your thing, packet inspection or something that nobody else is gonna understand except maybe another information security professional. And so I think that really limited our ability to work with the business, right? We, we kind of went in the back room and they slid food under the door to, you know, keep you, <laughs> keep you back there. But, but now I think, especially some more mature folks who've been doing this long time, really know how to talk risk better and really communicate with the business better. And so that, that I think has risen our, our profile and helped us, um, you know, be, be a top concern among businesses. I, I can't agree more. I, I feel that people aren't afraid to talk about security because everybody understands that it's, it's a topic we need to have, you know, out there. So Agreed. with that, Here's the, here's the core question for you. What piece of insight do you want to share with other leaders? Yeah, I think as far as other cybersecurity professionals as a whole, you know, stay focused and stay informed. I think it's really easy to get distracted, right? Whatever Gartner's new buzzword is, whatever the next product that's coming out that's going to replace every other product you've ever bought um, is really easy to get distracted. And frequently, we're still not doing the ABCs, right? You know, I'll show up at an organization or talk to another um, peer of mine that, you know, again, they're, they're, they're going to go by this AI driven something, but they can't get their systems patched. Right. Um, so I think frequently uh, stay focused, pick not, not that you surely can't dabble in other areas. Um, you know, I think, though, the people that are really deep in one area are the people that that I've really enjoyed working with and work with the longest really strong forensics folks, really strong attack folks, really strong blue team defense folks. Um, and so I would say kind of focus in on an area, continue learning. Again, it'll pass you by um, if, if you think what you're doing today is, is what you should be doing a year from now. So I think that continual kind of, we were talking about that challenge earlier, that it kind of bleeds right into that. Um, so you know, I, th I think those, those two areas, stay focused, stay informed. Great. We have a little time and I wanted to just give you an opportunity because we had spoken about this previously. Mm -hmm. Why is automating 
and orchestrating through a SOAR platform or, or, or you know, orchestrating your cybersecurity stack important? Yeah, so for us, at least, um, and in my experience, what we've, we've found, and I think everybody deals with this, at least if you're of a certain size and exposure level, is velocity, right, of attacks and velocity of data and volume of data. And, and again, you could, you could do all the, the Vs of big data, but especially the volume and velocity, it's impossible to scale a stack for that level of um, resources you'd need to really be able to respond to that effectively. Um, and also obviously automation orchestration kind of cut, cuts down on human errors. It, it takes the very repetitive work out of it. It lets our people really focus in on, on more, more advanced threat and threat hunting. Um, it, it, it's something, again, you know, I said earlier, don't get distracted. Um, I think some people do get distracted actually by orchestration. You know, they go into it too early. Their, their processes aren't mature enough. They really don't know what they want out of it. It sounds good, right? Hey, I, I'm going to reduce my X by Y. Um, but, but I think you do need to be at a certain maturity level to do it. But there's no doubt um, that, that that level, whether, you know, and, and I think there's other areas too that obviously benefit from RPA and other types of automation, but SOAR specifically built for security. Um, I also think there's some platforms out there specifically on the SOAR market that also help with case management and help with some of that other stuff. And I, I think all of those are, are huge bonuses, the integrations it has, um, again, repeatable playbooks, et, et cetera. So we've had fantastic success from that. Um, you know, you see some of the leaders in that space, whether it's Palo or Splunk or some of those other companies really continuing to make a huge commitment there. And I think everybody at some point um, will, will find themselves in a situation where they'll leverage that type of platform in some way. Nice. Thank you for that. I, I, think, I think people are hearing those terms today and they just, they don't know, either they're not mature enough or they just don't mm -hmm. know exactly what they want out of it. And so your insights are, are, are greatly appreciated. Question number five. All right. Fun question. I know it's probably question number eight or nine at this point, but question number five, what's your favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile? Yeah, it's funny. I, you know, you, you obviously queued this one up for me. So I've had some time to think about it. Um, and I wasn't sure what I was going to come back with. And so a few things came to mind. Um, I, if I think back far enough, um, I had an old um, personal information manager, like Compaq IPAC. I don't know if you remember those. It had a little stylus and whatever, um, good, but like 2000 era. Um, and then two other types of, of, of older tech or older things I really enjoyed. Uh, that, that, that was obviously more on the technology side, but hey, pinball games and a Nintendo 64, man, just bring back a ton of fun memories and, and good times. Do you have a favorite pinball game? I don't. I don't. I, I didn't play it enough as to really be dedicated. Uh, for, for Nintendo 64, it was Contra. Um, I remember playing it in the barracks um, in the Army. But, um, but now pinball, I, I, I wouldn't be able to, to pull an actual name. That's awesome. I, my favorite pinball game is, was T2, Terminator 2. It just The game was a hoot. There was talking. So there you go. I, I love the, the multiples. Thank you very much. You did it. More than five questions. So we obviously knocked that out. Everyone take a look for Cyber Pro Podcast. Look at some of our other episodes. John, thank you so much. It was epic having you on. Thank you, Rick.